Read with me beginning in Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. Even with joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fear, fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come, will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the lamb and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, the streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of jackals for each lay. They shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I read that from the New King James. I want to take the time and go back through that and read that to you from the NIV. I think the NIV makes some things a little more clear than the reading of the New King James. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the desert, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame Leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy with crowns 
Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Our fourth Sunday of every month of this year, we're spending time with the healer. When we think about the healer, we might more naturally think of physical maladies. Things that challenge us from a physical point of view. But the healer also heals hearts. And I think that's important for us to see. In this passage, Isaiah chapter 35, speaks directly to that. Written somewhere approximately around 700 B.C. The Assyrian troops have encircled Judah. And they are fearful. They're fearful that now, just like others that have fallen before the Assyrians, so now they shall lay waste to Judah and all her land. And they're fretful about it. And so Isaiah speaks these words to them to try to encourage them, to help them see that God has not forgotten them. There's no disease equal to heart disease. I'm talking about spiritual heart disease. There's nothing equal to sin sickness of the soul. Our heart is the very core and center of our being. It is where our thoughts and our feelings are affected. And being the heart, core, and center of our being, the Lord seeks to heal our hearts that are fearful. But I want you to understand the fearful here. It's not like fearful we talked about in 2020 and 2021. This is fearful for their soul. This is fearful for their very being. This is fearful for their very hearts. Isaiah chapter 35 gets picturesque images to present for us to see the power of the Lord, His majesty, His excellency at work throughout. I'm going to work through the passage. I'll work through the chapter with you and then we'll come back and we'll go and make a few points as we conclude. First of all, in verse 1 it says, reading from the New King James this time, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It's important to note that in chapter 34, Isaiah has addressed the destruction of Edom. And notice how it is described. Look at verse 13. And thorns shall come up in its places, nettles and brambles in its fortresses. It shall be a habitation of jackals, a courtyard for ostriches. The wild beasts of the desert shall meet with the jackals, and the wild goat shall bleat to its companions, and the night creature shall rest there and find for herself a place of rest. And the arrows shall make, the arrow shall snake, then the, there the arrow snake shall make her nest and lay eggs and hatch and gather them under her shadow. There also shall the hawks be gathered, every one with her mate. What a picture of desolation. What a picture of disaster. 
what a picture of judgment against Edom. But then he comes and now he speaks to Judah and he says, Then the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. He's talking about the spiritual wasteland of these people. He's talking about how spiritually Edom is destroyed. And now then, here is Judah. And he said, no longer are you going to be a spiritual wasteland. Notice what he says. They shall be glad and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Here's the most desolate of places. As I was looking at this chapter, and I was trying to think of an image to kind of portray to you, to your minds, of exactly what desolation is versus what is lush and luxuriant. My mind shifted back to the Lion King. Is there anybody here that hasn't watched the Lion King? If you are, then we'll pray for you. <laughs> Do you remember when Mufasa is on the throne? And you remember when Mufasa is the king and you see the pride lands? Do you remember how lush they were? Do you remember how luxuriant they were? The verdant flowers just bloomed everywhere. But then you had old nasty mean Mufasa who did everything he could to undermine, I'm sorry, Scarface. Mufasa was the good guy. Scarface. I have seen it. I get names confused, but I have seen it. This Scarface wants to try to overtake Mufasa, and when he does, what happens to the land? Becomes a wasteland, doesn't it? And now throughout the rest of the movie, until Simba comes back and he's restored to the throne, what's the land like? It is desolate. It is waste. And then when Simba's on the throne again, the wilderness, the desert gives bloom. That's the image he's talking about. Edom is the wasteland. The pride land has been destroyed. But now then, the Lord will destroy it and will revive it in all of its beauty. Look at what he says in verse 2. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy in seeing the glory of Lebanon. Here are these grand mountains that are snow-capped. Here's the glory of Lebanon. And then he says, the excellence of Carmel. Here are these wooded forests of Carmel that are plush with fervent, fervent trees. And then he talks about the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. Here you have the mountaintops of Lebanon, the fervent trees of, of Carmel. Then you have in the valley of Sharon the verdant flowers sprinkling the road. Harold and Sue Robinson are abroad right now. I think it's Australia, maybe Switzerland, that they're in. But Sue loves to take pictures wherever they go. And there's a few of us she's sending pictures to. And so this morning I was looking at the pictures that Sue sent. And there was this lush pasture of nothing but blue bonnets. We see those in Texas, don't we? People pull off the side of the road and go and sit in those blue bonnets, land those blue bonnets to have their pictures made. But what's that telling? The, the land has come alive. It's lush, it's verdant, it's rich. Here's this land that has been wasted. 
Now, he's not talking about land. We think about land. He's talking about the spiritual deficit, the spirit deficiency, the spiritual wasteland of these people. This is the wasteland they're in spiritually. And they're going to be revived. That's what he's trying to get them to see. And he's using the land to illustrate that. But notice what he says, verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and he will save you. Here, all the deficiencies are exposed. But here, notice what he says. The possibilities are endless. The weak shall be made strong. The feeble knees shall shall be strengthened. And the fearful hearted will not fear. Look at the, here's your deficit. Here are the deficiencies that you have in your life. Here's the deficiency of your soul. But notice, he said, there are endless possibilities. And then he says, verse 5, Then the eyes shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for the water shall birth forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. I don't know if the first part of verse 5, verse 5 and the first part of verse 6 strike your memory at all. But do you remember whenever John is in prison? And he sends disciples to Jesus to say, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Do you remember what Jesus says to John? Go tell him what you've seen and heard. What have you seen and heard? The blind made to see. The deaf made to hear. The dumb made to speak. That's what Isaiah is talking about. The lame shall leap like a deer. This is messianic. And what he's saying is, you may have a spiritual wasteland now, but there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual feast. There's a spiritual water, spring of water that's going, to, that's going to bubble up for you. It's going to be amazing for you. Not only are there endless possibilities, but there's endless, there's endless transformation as well. Notice the transformation of things. And so he says, verse 7, the parched ground shall become a pool. You think about a mirage. Here you're in the desert. And you're going through the desert and you're thirsty. You're just thirsty to death. And you see this pool, this spring in front of you. And you get there and you get on your knees to dip your hand in the water, to, to pull them up, to, to lap the water out of your hands. And there's nothing but sand. Because there's nothing but parched land. It's nothing but a mirage. But notice what he says. The parched ground shall become a pool. And thirsty land springs of water. It's not going to be a mirage anymore. It's going to be bubbling springs. There's going to be water flowing. Ah. Does that remind you of something the Lord said? To the woman at the well? If you drink of this water, you shall never thirst again. He's talking about the water of life that Jesus is going to offer to us. And then he says, 
verse 8, a highway shall be there in a road. It should be called the highway of holiness. But it shall be for others, whoever walks on the road, although a fool. I want to go back to NIV just a moment. Read verse 8. But a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. He talks about the fools here. He's not talking about those who are ignorant. The NIV gets it right here. The wicked fools. Here are people who are defiant. And what it says, here's this highway. Interestingly, in this day and time, there were highways, there were roads that were well-constructed, well-maintained. But they were only for kings and priests. They were not for the common man. But he said the highway, a highway will be there and a road, it should be called the highway of holiness. The time is going to come in which anyone can travel this highway. This highway is going to be open to all, but not the wicked, not the defiant. The wicked fool shall not walk therein. It's only going to be for those who walk in the way of holiness. The highway is going to be open for all who are willing to walk in the way of holiness. And then he says, no lion shall be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. With everlasting joy in their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. If you go back to the beginning of this, the wilderness and the wasteland, here's the sorrow of the sighing. Go back to chapter 33 just a moment. And look at verse 9. Now keep in mind how Lebanon, and keep in mind Carmel and Sharon. The earth mourns and languishes. Lebanon is ashamed and shriveled. Sharon is like a wilderness. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. You see what he's saying there? But he said, no. Not in this new Zion. In the new Zion, under the Messiah. Listen. Hearts that are hurting will be healed no longer will things be wasted. No longer will there be no help. There'll be endless possibilities. There will be bubbling springs. And no lion nor jackal are going to be there. Again, you remember when the pride land became a wasteland? Remember the jackals? The hyenas? They began to rule the land. And what he's saying is, they're going to be destroyed. All those who are destructive, all those who are counter to our spiritual well-being are going to be destroyed. When Judah heard this from Isaiah, they had to have had a great big sigh to say, yes, yes, there is hope for our hurting heart. Now, the few things I want to point out to this as we think about this. First of all, you see in verses 5 through 6, the picture of one broken. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, the lame shall leap and leap like a deer. The tongue of the dumb sing, for the water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. You have the blind, you have the deaf, you have the mute, you have the lame. Here are people who are broken. Here are people who are deficient in some way. 
And what he says is, when, when you come to the Messiah, all your deficiencies, all your deficits, they go away. There are no more. Are any of you familiar with the artist named Joni Erickson? Joni Erickson was a very promising young lady. had a bright future ahead of her. But she was in a debilitating accident and became a quadriplegic. Couldn't move her arms, her legs. She was a quadriplegic. She was an artist, which meant now she can't use her hands. She's handicapped. What was her strength now is no longer there. She's lost it. But what she did was she learned how to put the brush in her mouth. And she learned how to paint. And in Christ, everyone that's broken will be healed. And when our hearts are, as Tom led us, are mended and whole, All deficiencies, all weaknesses, they go away. Notice again what he says in verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands, strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be, be strong, do not fear. That's what he's telling him here. You're going, you're going to learn. Everything will be made whole. You'll no longer be broken. The second thing I want you to see in this is the heart of hope. The heart of hope that is here. Notice again the latter part of verse 6. For the water shall burst forth in the wilderness, the streams in the desert. Notice what he says in verse 7. The parched, the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty, lake spring, the thirsty land springs of water. He says in verse 1, The wasteland shall be glad for them, the desert shall rejoice. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Do you see the abundant hope that's here? The endless possibilities that are now there? Here the Lord takes the wasteland. Here he takes the heart that, has, the heart that is lost, the heart that is broken, the heart that is crushed. The heart that needs to be healed. The heart who looks at all of life and sees nothing but despair in life. And that's all Judah could see because Edom has been destroyed. Edom has been judged. And he says to Judah, look, there are endless possibilities for you here. I want you to see, I, want you to see, see, I don't want you to see things as they are. I want you to see things as they can be. If you're a history person, does that last phrase strike a chord with you? Has, has any one of our previous presidents said, when I look, I don't see things as they are, and say why? I see things as they could be and say, why not? Do you remember the president that said that? 
He's the guy that looked at the moon and said, I see things as they could be. Why not? Because by the end of this decade, which was the 60s, we will be on the moon, President Kennedy said. How many times do we get singly focused on the things that are and say why? As opposed to look at endless possibilities and say, why not? And that's what Isaiah is telling them. Don't you see the endless possibilities that are here? When we look at the Lord's people, do we see things as they are and say, why? Or when we look at the Lord's people, do we look at things as they could be and say, why not? Listen, if all we can look and see is ask the question, why? Then we're living in the wasteland. Because what he's saying here is, when we look at the things as they could be and say, why not? What we're doing is we're getting rid of, it's awful for me. See how awful it is? Everybody's out to get me. Listen. When the springs break forth, when the parched land becomes a pool, when the mountains begin to come alive and the verdant valley flush and the mountains, the cedars of Carmel begin to be in their beauty again, what he's saying is you can't live there and be pessimistic. You know, I'm fascinated today by our world leaders. I realize I have no standing to make this next statement at all as far as world leaders are concerned. But as far as God's word and God is concerned, they're pompous fools. And I say that because they think what they can do is they can treat people like puppets on a string of a marionette. And what we will do is we, we will just, we'll just conquer, we'll defeat, we, we will... We will ruin everything that, that we want to ruin for our own pride, for our own power, for our own glory. It doesn't matter who we decimate, who we destroy, who we hurt. And the foolish part is they think they have the power to do it. And carnally they do. But they're pompous fools because what they don't realize is the power they hold is vacuous. It is only at the point of their nose. It's no greater than that. We're going to have an election in November in 2024. We're going to have another election. And we've got all these world events taking place. And we're going to hear all these things these candidates are going to do for us. They're going to be so great for us. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. They're going to be great for you. And both of us are saying the same thing. Just different way. And none of them have the power to give us what they promise. They're all mirages. They're all parts land. And religious leaders who don't lead people to the Christ are mirages. This is not an abundant life with health and wealth. You pray it, you get it. God's not a vending machine where you put in your dollar fifty and you get back the Coke that you want. 
But he is the God that controls all things and the God that can make the parts land a pull and can make the jackals where the, where the jackals lie become flourish and, and, and blossom and, and grow. There are endless possibilities with God and God's people. And if all we do is look and say, and all we do, as Jordan said a few weeks ago, is look and say at this church how pitiable we are, then what we're doing is we're looking at the land of Edom. We're not looking at the promise of Judah. We are God's precious possession. And we are the ones who experience the joys of the Messiah. There's our hope. But then finally, there's our expectation. The sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Again, look at verses 8, 9, and 10. A highway shall be there and a road. It shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But shall be for others, whoever walks on the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there. No shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Stop. He's talked about the jackals going away. Here are those that are out to destroy you and me. Maybe they're of our number. Maybe there's some brother or sister here that, that we think is out to destroy us. And what we think is, we have to win. We have to win the game. Listen. We don't have to win that game. We don't have to worry what somebody else thinks about us. It doesn't matter. We're not just our brother's keepers. We are our brother's brother. What that simply means is, all I can control is me. And all you can control is you. You know, when we get on a, high, a highway, a highway and we drive, do you control the car coming at you? Only vehicle you control is the vehicle behind whose wheel you are. And you do your best to keep it between the ditches and between the lines. And that's all I have to worry about. I don't have to worry about if someone else is out to get me, if someone else is out to destroy me, I have to worry about the jackals. I have to worry about the lions that devour. But I'm reminded of the proverb that says, there's a lion at the door, there's a lion at the door, there's a lion at the door. You remember what that proverb meant? We can keep making excuses all we want. But all they are excuses. They're just excuses. I can decide. I can decide. You can decide. It doesn't matter what others say or what others think or how others feel about me. I can decide something. I can decide I'm the one in control and the Lord has made a highway for me to travel. And I can be on that highway and I can travel that highway. If others want to travel along with me, that's fine. We'll be companions. But if not, I don't have to worry about them. Because this is a highway, there's a highway of holiness. Only the holy are going to walk on it. If there are people whose minds are set on destroying us, 
minds that people are still railing against us. It doesn't matter. Just don't let there be a line at the door that stops us from being on the highway of holiness. And he said, the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Don't you, don't you see that? Can we not see the joy in that? Here's the expectation. Sorrow and, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Whatever has our soul sickness, whatever has our soul dried up, He said, in this Zion, in the Messiah, in the one who shall make the lame walk, the blind to see, the deaf to speak, and the dumb to hear, with him, all that sighing shall go away. There shall be nothing but what? Nothing but gladness. Do you see how the heart healer heals a sin-sick heart in this passage? He's speaking to me and you here, by extension. And what he's saying is we may be broken, but we don't have to stay that way. Because with hope, there's endless possibilities for us. And with endless possibilities, he says, what will happen to your hands? What will happen to your knees? He says, the hands will be made strong and the knees will be made stable and the faint-hearted do not fear. Why? Behold, your God will come with vengeance and will recompense of God. I don't have to worry about getting even. You don't have to worry about getting even. God will even the score. Here's our hope. Our hope is in Him. Our everlasting spring that springs eternal in our hearts. Joylessness shall become joy. Lifelessness shall become life. Hopelessness shall become reality. The healer is not all about the miracles. The healer is about healing our sin-sick souls and turning wastelands into beautiful, verdant pleasure, uh, pastures with flowers verdantly sprinkled along the mountainside. Mountains snow-capped, majestically so. He will lift up to see the majesty of God. Can we see His majesty? Jesus came not simply to open a pathway to heaven. That's not insignificant. He came to provide a means for man to be forgiven. And forgiven to grow to look like him. And those who grow to look like him receive the prize. We're not simply heaven-bound. 
we are image of Christ bound. And those who are in his image receive the prize. But if your life is a wasteland and you feel like that you are a desert, you don't have to be that way. I don't have to be that way. God will make us whole. We can help you. You come while we stand and while we sing.